Good morning, Remy. Morning, Breck. How is it going today? It's going better for me than it is for you since you're in your truck this morning. Yes. Uh, good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Cowgirls. I'm Brett Kruger. And I'm Remy Greer. Uh, and I am live from my truck because we had a storm go through last night and knocked out our internet and I had nothing this morning. Um, as you may or may not know, Remy gets up at 4.30 and I am live at 6.30. So she's not getting up at 4.30. She'd probably get up at 4. And uh, this morning, we're both up ready to go somewhat. And uh, I had no internet. So here we are. I'm at the library in our small town and hoping that this works. <laughs> uh and we've reached a new level in our relationship because Remy is now texting me while she showers. So there's it's, that. I, like, I, I just, I, I do, I leave my phone in the shower with me. I listen to stuff in the shower. I have a giant shower, so I don't have to worry about it getting wet. But, you know, it's my life. Okay. You look so amazingly tan and good this morning. Thanks. We went to the beach on Monday. I mean, I'm always tan, but I'm probably even more tan today. Well, I, um... When I got into StreamYard this morning, it did say, uh, decent lighting makes you look amazing. Uh, there's no decent lighting in the Dodge truck as I'm sitting <laughs> on Main Street. So <laughs> I'm rolling with it. And I've only got a half cup of coffee here because I spilled the majority of it trying to get into the truck. I'm hoping that this goes better than the rest of my morning has. So, um, a couple things that I wanted to talk about this morning before we get started is, uh, I wanted to congratulate Kylie McLean. Uh, I had her on copy with the cowgirls probably last spring and right now, uh, Kylie is sitting number one in for the, I want to get this right. Women's rodeo world championships. Nice. Um, in the heading spot. So super excited for Kylie. I know that that is a goal of hers, um, to make that. So that's super cool. Uh, Oh, last week was our first week of being off of Facebook live and fully on all podcast channels, um, YouTube and our website, the everyday cowgirl, uh, so in order to see what we have to say, um, you're going to have to go to one of those platforms. And if you do that, you like what we're doing, or you just like listening to us, please make sure that you, what is it, Remy? I need you to like, subscribe, and leave a review, please. Yes. Um, so thank you for those of you who've already done that. Uh, we appreciate it. Um. Last week, we talked about success, and we talked about what the definition was and how it's changed over the years. Um, we talked about what we both feel it is, uh, how we view it, um, how it's changed for us, too. And this week, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about some of the ups and downs for me about being uh, suffocated by success, which happens and the emotional letdown of being successful and some of the burnout and then also some of the joys because 
I think people, it's, you always see that meme about like what you think success is, which is like this straight upward line, right? And it's all these dips and it's all these peaks and valleys. And so I think that <clears throat> from the outside, it's really easy to judge that someone's successful, but you didn't go on that journey and you don't know how hard they're str- they struggled or they're still struggling with it. Yeah, you weren't in that season with them. Um, after our conversation last week, uh, I had a lot of people reach out or just people I encountered throughout the week that had watched it. And they said, you know, it made me your conversation question if I had success in my life or what my success is in my life. And I'm like, after thinking about that for a little bit, um, I understand where they're coming from and what they're saying, because even for me and you having our conversation last week, take one of our conversation <laughs> last week, it's just really weird for me to talk about success, I feel like. And I think it's because as women, sometimes we don't want to embrace being successful embrace acknowledge um i think that that is as women that i think that that's sometimes how we view it because even myself uh, the reason that we had to do part two which was really good um was because it was weird for me to talk about and maybe is it embracing the success maybe that is what it is or you don't feel like you've reached your level of success yet. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that was always like setting goals was always kind of setting short-term goals versus long-term goals was always easier for me. And not that I didn't have long-term goals. I still have long-term goals, but it's easier for me to look at each success as it comes rather than this mountain I want to climb and then being discouraged when I trip at the beginning. So if you're worried about your success or you don't think you've gotten there, look at all the other small successes you have and it makes you appreciate your journey to that success. And it lets you rest a little bit if you get tired, right? Like if you think that you need to be running a giant company and right now you have one employee, well, that's still a success, right? That's still good or you're self-employed and you don't have anyone working for you. But we get caught up in looking at other people's success and just looking at what other people have. And then you feel like what you've done isn't enough. Or if you've really done what you wanted to do, how do you set a new goal or do you just rest and stay in that success? And then is that good enough? And I know that's part of me for the, that for me, that's the emotional letdown of being successful. Um, I think that is, what maybe happens is you don't feel like your successes are big enough. Um, but it's like you talked about the lady that came to your clinic, right? She didn't get off of her horse. That's a big success. The month before she couldn't make it through the whole clinic. That's a big success. You know, and, and um, maybe, you know, and that goes, that, that goes back to that. Do you have a thimble to carry a gallon of water or do you have a five gallon bucket? Right? Well, if you only have a thimble and you overfill it, but it's light for you to carry now. Well, that's a big success. But you know, if you compare it to someone that's got the five gallon bucket, it doesn't seem that big. So quit looking at someone else's bucket. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that it's easier um, for for some, like for some, they need their successes pointed out to them, you know. And maybe, um, yeah, I think that that is really, really good. I'm looking at my list here to see um, if I had anything more to say about that, but I don't think I do. No, I mean, so that leads me to if you are a very driven person, right? And I think that's a lot of our audience aren't stagnant people. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like if you only want to do so much and you're happy doing that and you want to put your energy into other things. And I know a lot of ours comes back to business. Like a lot of my stuff comes back to business. If you're happy doing what you do, then don't worry about if you're not as quote unquote successful as other people. Right. But a lot of our listeners that I talk to are super driven people. So what happens is we set this goal and we reach it, right? Like I, like I always go back to training horses. If I only had five horses in the barn and then I got five horses, like if I only had 10 horses in the barn. So it's this constant emotional letdown. I got what I asked for. Now what? Is this enough? Can, we, can this just be enough? And how I am as a person is it's not enough. And it's not because I'm greedy. It's just, okay, I did what I said I was going to do. Now let's push it farther. And part of that is I think I like to live on adrenaline a little bit. Like we talk about, we like to live in the chaos. And uh, sometimes that's wearing. It's like yesterday we got up early to go move a bunch of cattle and do some stuff we had to do with our cow business. And then we hustled home to give lessons at seven o'clock at night. And James, we're driving home and James goes, like, when is one of these things just going to be enough? Why do we have to keep going? And I was like, I don't know. Like we created it. We built it. And they came. So now we have to continue it. But sometimes that's tiring. Yes, it is. Um, for me, when I, well, last week we covered, I tie a lot of my successes to my work life as well, which um, it gets a little draining, especially in the period of the life that my life that I'm in right now, because it's. I'm on a path of entrepreneurship, which I'm super passionate about, but I'm trying to create something that's not, <clears throat> I've never done before. And it's hard for me because you don't, you know, when you win something at a horse show or whatever sport you're in, it's instant gratification. You're getting something when you leave that arena, whether it be money, uh, a belt buckle, a saddle, a truck, you were just, it was just affirmed that you won. When you're doing something like entrepreneurship and you're creating something new that you've never done before, you don't get instant gratification. You don't get that award right away. I mean, it takes such a long time and I struggle with that because I know that I can't quit, but I'm really not sure where the end goal comes. You know, when do you know that you've been successful in what you're building? Um, I don't know. I don't. It. And so for me, like I have this conversation because it's not that I don't doubt myself. I like, I know I, I must sound so conceited on this deal. I just. It's a different, it's just a different viewpoint for me, right? And James is the opposite one. He needs more 
reassurance is what we're doing right. How are we going to make money? How are we going to survive? How are we going to keep our name? And it's this whole like litany of thoughts that runs through his head all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, so we're doing a great like thing. a woman, Remy, you make me <laughs> No, but it's, and that's what, but that's, he's, you know, he seeks perfection in himself. He seeks perfection in our business. And I'm just like, my new bottle's like, good enough. Like it didn't used to be, but now I'm like, I'm not going to kill myself by overworking to be some version of success. Did I do what I set out to do today? Yes. If I didn't do it, was it imperative that I did it today? Probably not, or else I would have done it. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, like Monday, right? We had stuff to do. We, not a lot of stuff. I mean, we always have a lot of stuff. That's what happens when you have livestock. There's like just a lot of stuff to do all the time. But we went to the beach and it was great. It was fun to go hang out with the boys and relax where before we would have maybe gone to the beach and been stressed out that we were going. But as we've gotten older, okay, we've done the work. Let's enjoy what we're working for. Because if you don't enjoy what you're working for, then why are you working that hard? Um. I was listening to Tony Robbins yesterday and he was actually interviewing the guy or the author to a book called the fourth generation. And I'm totally going to read it after listening to what he had to say, but it was talking about that, like how it, it talked about each generation in society today and what they're known for and their work ethics and all of that. And what you just said about not enjoying what you have. It, they talk about that a lot and um, super interesting, extremely interesting, but it takes a long time to get to the point of that. Enjoying what you have in that season of life that you're in. That is what they're talking about. The season of life you're in. And I feel like I've hit that stride too, but I also work really hard as well. But I know now, like you can't just work hard all the time because your brain needs to rest. And you need to enjoy the things that you've worked so hard all your life for. Yeah. I mean, we, um, I was watching the celebration of Cotton Rosser's life, the rodeo producer and, um, his son, his youngest son, Reno was joking that he wore out three partners and three wives to build the empire that he has. Right. And, um, he said that they had a guy that worked for Apple and he came and he was helping them. He was looking at their books and he goes, how do you make this happen? Like, how do you feed your family on this? I don't know. They just do. And that's part of it too. Like he really, Cotton really enjoyed what he did, but it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's a lot of work. He wore out three wives. He had five kids. He relied on child labor. I do too. I'm not judging that, but I think from the outside, you see this older man riding a big paint horse and sitting on the rail and tipping his hat to everyone. But think it like that guy, well, that guy, you want to talk about a trailblazer and an entrepreneur. He's the one that made rodeo what it is really, you know, like, and, and Reno had a good quote that his dad had said, he goes, he said, you didn't need a concert to sell out a rodeo. That guy believed so much in what he was doing. He created this whole new thing. But again, he, you know, he had to work really hard to get there, but people see him at the end of his life and they're like, oh, of course he was going to be successful. Really? Really? Was it going to be successful? <clears throat> Um, that's another thing about entrepreneurship and it doesn't matter what you do in entrepreneurship, but I think the number is like something it's very high, like 98% of all entrepreneurs fail or I, yeah, they fail or they quit. I should say they quit 98% of all entrepreneurs quit and they usually quit 
right before the good starts to happen. And, um, I definitely, I can, I can see exactly why you would. And you have to be so mentally strong. You have got to be so damn tough in your mind. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get it because it's important to me. And I think it's probably pretty important to people around us. And you have to be willing to be so damn different and outside of the freaking box. And that's hard. It is. And again, I think like I always embraced kind of being a weirdo. So it wasn't as hard. Like I, except for that one period in my life, I didn't really care what people thought as long as I really liked what I was doing and not hurting anybody. Right. So I was always kind of a weirdo. I was always different and it, it makes it easier because you can't listen to the outside doubt. You get the same question as I do. Like, where do you expect this thing to go? I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I don't worry about having a really straight and narrow path to get somewhere. I'll get where I'm supposed to be. Right. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to help people along the way, but don't question me right now. I can't, I can't give you a great answer, you know, and it comes back to that circle. Right. So your circle, like my circle is like, yeah, it's awesome. See where it goes, see where it leads you. But then you listen to other people and they're like, oh man, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Check off which tier you're on because why you gotta be negative. And like, same thing, we're gathering cows yesterday. And uh, I always joke with James. I was like, you have to manifest good things happening. And we had a bowl that we needed to get gathered and he's going through again, everything that can go wrong, which is good. That's why we're prepared full loaded right up. And the girl that was with us, she's like, I'm so proud of you, James, for being positive. He's like, you have to count on Remy for that. Cause I thought of the fence going down, him <laughs> turning around, him not loading. And I was like, but it's a good balance, right? Like I, I, I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not all cheery, but I'm just like, I'm going to hope for the best every time, but that's well, hard. It's hard. And again, it's hard when you start talking about success, right? Because what happens is for me and for James, like we reach a level of success and you just take this breath and you struggled to get there, right? You crawled and you scratched your way there and then you get there and it's probably not what you actually thought it was going to be. That's no. the other thing about success. You think it's going to be something and then it's not. And then you're like, it's like ordering a Halloween costume off of Amazon. It's never as cool as you thought it was going to be. And then it gets here and it's kind of a letdown. And then how do you deal with that? I just ordered a bunch of clothes off of Sheen. <laughs> and I have not got them yet. And I hope that's not a letdown. They're coming from China. So I'm really not sure. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but people don't talk about that very much. Like there's an emotional letdown to being successful, especially if you are so single minded about your goal, right? I'm going to do this. And then you get there and you like look around and you're like, okay, now what? Like now what? I feel like it's a roller coaster. It really is. Um, especially if you are self-employed, I don't even know if it, it, it doesn't even matter. I don't think, uh, success is a roller coaster. Um, how I view it though, or how we've always done life, I guess, is there's just something else always in the hopper, like another thing that has to be done. Um, so when we accomplish our goal that we set out to accomplish, there's something always right behind it that needs to happen next. And I think that for us, that works really well 
because otherwise it's like when you have a wedding, right? Like you plan and plan and plan and plan for that wedding. And then the day comes and it's over like that. And then you're like, what, what now? Yeah. Because you spent so much time planning for that wedding. And it's kind of no different than kids because they're in, we're, we've raised, you know, we're raising them and you have them for 18 years of their life and then they're gone. And then when the kids are gone, you feel empty. And that's the same thing that feeling kind that that happens in your roller coaster ride of success. And it's the same thing. If you really care about something, it kind of becomes your baby, right? Like it does become like you pour emotion, blood, sweat, and tears into whatever you're doing. If, if you're, if you function that way, if you don't function that way, this conversation is probably not for you anyway. Right. Yes. But, and I think, especially when you're younger, you hustle so hard because you, if you surround yourself with successful people, and I, I think that's very important is to, Surround yourself with older, successful people, right? Raise your circle, like raise the level of people you're around and they'll make you more successful because you pick up things. Like if you hang around with so-called losers, right? It's true. Say with the winners, the conversation's different because you over, they overlook small things, right? Because they have an end goal in mind. But when you're younger, you see all this success, whether it's personal or professional, and it's easy to get caught up in like, I want that and I want it now. Okay, well, it, it didn't happen right now for 99.9% .9 of the people. They had to build to get there. Yes. And, you know, no, because I know that there's some people who are like, well, who am I going to hang out with that's successful? I mean, it doesn't have to be physical people. I mean, I listen to, like, my sister and I go back and forth all the time about this. And it's so funny because I'm not going to say how much older than she is how much older she is than me, but she's older than me. And she keeps sending me all kinds of random texts. Like, Oh, have you heard of Ed Milet? Have you heard of such and such? And last night she sent me one. Have you heard of Tony Robinson? Look at the course that I'm doing. And I'm like, I bought that like two years ago. <laughs> I know all these people. Um, it doesn't have to be physical people. I mean, I have to listen to a large portion of my day has to be spent listening to those people because it keeps me in the right mindset and they've taught me to reprogram and recondition my mind to reach the goals and ultimate so I can ultimately have the success that is in my head. Um, it's so important to do that and it is so important to surround your, yourself with good people. It is and it's one of those things like... Um... I had a, a younger girl I was talking to on the phone and she sent me a message. She goes, Oh, like, do you read a lot? And I do, I read a lot. And so I sent her some stuff to read some funny short stories, some other kind of philosophical stuff. And she's like, don't you ever read anything for fun? I was like, yes, but those things are fun to me. Like I read the meditations by Marcus Aurelius at least once a year. Right. And that's still you philosophy. You also have a, a degree in medieval history. Right? <laughs> but, so. but to me, like the, the meditations, it's a very good thing to read because it, a lot of that, what you now think of as Eastern philosophy is the same thing as Stoic philosophy, right? You have to be only in control of what you can be in control of. You can't worry about other things. And that's a very simplified version <laughs> of it. But for me, it's important to go back and read those. And as I get older, 
there's different parts of it that speak to me every year. So I like to revisit texts because now I have a better appreciation for parts that I didn't appreciate before or I didn't quite understand. And the other thing that happens with success, and I'm veering off because I had a couple of questions about burnout when you're successful, even when you're not successful, burnout is a real thing. And I think, again, when you're super driven and you're trying to do so much, you burn your, like you do burn yourself out because you commit everything you have. And as you get older, you start to learn to set boundaries within yourself too. I'm not going to work till four o'clock in the morning and wake up at seven. I'm going to go to sleep at midnight and whatever didn't get done, didn't get done today. Don't you feel like though, um, sometimes the burnout, the burnout comes from after you just reached your goal or you just had that success that you were looking for. And I, I think it's, it is because it's like, I, I did all the things, right? Again, it's like school. I did all the things. I did what I was supposed to do. And it, the success doesn't fill you up the way you thought it would, right? It's empty. You it doesn't empty. fill, it doesn't fill the hole you thought it was going to fill. And yeah. a lot of us in the livestock industry specifically, we've made a job out of our passion, right? So now the things that drew you to that profession, you're just tired, right? If you train horses and now you got to wake up and it's not so much fun. Like uh, I worked for a reining trainer for a long time and he had a client that left and then came back probably 10 years later. He was there before I was. And then he came back while I was there and he was talking to the guy. He's like, this is great. You get to ride horses all day and be in the sun. It is great. Not discounting how great it is. And the guy I worked for looked at me and goes, I'm not as hungry as I was. And this isn't as fun as it used to be. Because it's true, right? When you're young, you'll ride anything, you'll do anything. You'll ride from six o'clock in the morning until midnight. And it's fun. And then as you get older, you're like, well, Brett disappeared again. Oh, she is. Um, but, Remy, but do you know um, Craig Johnson? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, so Craig is like a really good family friend of ours actually. And, or, um, his parents used to be with my parents. Um, uh, and, um, Craig was extremely successful as a reigning trainer and a competitor. Uh, I'm not even sure like what years, but I think Craig got burned out. I, I can't speak for him, but I know what he does now. And he is an extremely successful teacher and he's teaching back in Iowa and I'm pretty sure he hung up his hat in the show pen. Um, and maybe he does ranch versatility stuff. I, now I don't know, but that to me is a great example of somebody who dedicated their life to showing reining horses at a very high level and totally changed trajectory and is now living what appears to be his best life in Iowa giving all around horsemanship riding lessons. Um, and again, but, that, that's that season of your life. Like Mike, the guy that I worked for still super successful. His wife is an amazing showman too, but you, I watched their business change, right? I watched them be a little pickier and set better boundaries. Again, they started off young and hungry and we all do. And then they had kids and your life's not the same. And I think that's the other thing is, 
we talk about adjusting goals, but when you're younger, you don't understand why you adjust goals, right? It's not because you're a failure, just it isn't as important anymore. Like I talk about us with team penning and ranch sorting. We were mercenaries. We ran down the road. And now like, okay, maybe I'll go. If everyone wants to go, I'll go. If not, I'm going to stay home with my kids and my dogs and the horses I have at the house. And again, that, that winning isn't a marker of our success anymore, right? The clients that we build, the horses that we make, that's now my success. Because me winning an open somewhere is not nearly as satisfying to me as my clients going and doing very well in their classes. And that's a weird change to make too. Yeah. Because your identity or you feel like your identity, that is who you guys were, Remy. Mm -hmm. And then you make that change and that's another weird feeling to make that change. And I, I think because we've made those changes in our life, I mean, um, and ours is from a business standpoint, like when we had the horse sale, I mean, that was our identity. That is who we were every Monday or, you know, once a month, every Monday in the summer, you could find us at the sale barn, uh, in the fall and winter, it was once, uh, you know, every sat one Saturday out of every month, you could find us at the sale barn and we were going to horse sales every single weekend, sometimes two, three. That's and when it ended, it was really hard for me because I really wasn't sure because my identity or our identity and Brandon's identity way longer than mine was wrapped up with that. And I just remember not really knowing how to handle it for a while. And then it was like now I I'm like those days were awesome. I would never want them back. Yeah. And that's like, so we went to a show one time in Reno. We rode and it was like a four, I think Reno rode used to be four days when Dave Grashai still had it. And so we rode Thursday and Friday, drove all night, Friday night, maybe it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Anyway, one night we drive all night from Reno, nine and a half hours home. And it got done late to unload just in time to start another show that we were riding at down here. Like, I, I wouldn't do that again. We used to hit two or three shows in a weekend and put a thousand miles on the truck. And now I'm like, I don't, that's not for me anymore. And I, I again, like, I love those times. They build who we were, but I was just like, I, like, yeah, you couldn't, like, pay, yeah, I like, you couldn't pay me enough to do it again. Like, you, yes. you couldn't pay me enough to do it again. That is what that book that Tony Robbins was, when he was interviewing that author yesterday on the fourth generation, he said, you have different seasons of your life and how they shape you. And it did shape us, but I'm not really wanting to go back to that point, really. No. And I think like if you're experiencing burnout and I experience it, you had to hear me vent about it last weekend. <laughs> you do experience burnout, but first of all, you have to know inside that you are good enough. What you're doing is right. The other thing is you have to go find joy in small parts of it. So for me, if I, when I get burned out riding horses, which doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, it's really good for me. And I know this is a luxury I have is to go check fence and check cows on horseback. Because for me, I'd really rather be alone riding under oak trees, checking cows. Like, no, it's that's not against my clients. I love to be outside there. And that's that joy for me, finding that in horses, right? Like, I like to go do those things and just be with my horse or whatever horse I'm riding and find joy in it. 
And then I'm refreshed. Now that didn't take a lot to find the refreshment, but I have to be cognizant of when I'm getting burnt out. And then I got to go kind of shut down, reevaluate what I'm looking for and then come back. Because if I just push through the burnout, which I've done for years, it just leads to worse burnout. And then you cry because you spilled a cup of coffee because you know, it's, it's 20 things tied to why your day was going bad, but it's the, or it's like, you know, you get your pant loop caught on the door handle. That's my other one. And then you're like, F this, this is the worst day ever. No, it's not. You're just pissed off about everything else. So now your pants are sabotaging you. Um, I told you this, Remy, a little bit, and I'll say it again, because I think that maybe when we admit um, to our viewers that life is not always rainbows and unicorns, it helps them. Uh, last night, we were laying in bed, and I just started not full on bawling, but I was crying and, uh, Brandon is like, what is going on? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not frustrated. Um, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm just, because I've sat in my office literally for the last week and a half, staring at my computer, trying to write a story about myself and I can't find the words, Remy. And it's super frustrating. I'm getting there, but it's literally taken me a lot. I mean, I don't even know how many hours, a lot of hours, but it's hard. And then you look at where I'm trying to go with everything that I do with Top Hand Cowgirl Challenge and the Everyday Cowgirl and Coffee with the Cowgirls. And I can't necessarily say that I have a needle in mind. I kind of do. But some days it just doesn't feel like it's coming together fast enough. And I'm not disheartened and I'm not frustrated. I don't even know the word that I could use to describe it. Maybe a little overwhelmed. Maybe I think I think that's what happens to, again, successful people when stuff is like in your corporate job, right? You set goals. You were going to beat them. You more than beat them, even though you put them on yourself. Your company didn't really put them on you. When you're used to having success, it gets really hard to wait for other success. And I know I'm guilty of that too, like, especially with competing. I had two and a half years where I could not lose. Didn't matter what I did, I couldn't lose. And I've had other seasons like that. And I'm gonna tell you like the last year, I can't buy a win to save <laughs> my life. It, but it goes that way, right? Like I was untouchable there for about two and a half years. I made a lot of money doing it. And now I'm like, I mean, at Elite Finals, which is a team, a big team betting finals, I changed my shirt. I was like, I got to change something. I don't know what this is, but it sucks. And uh, you just start to, it, it's it's a very weird thing. And then you feel lost a little bit. You feel, so for me, I get to where I feel lost. What do I have to do to regain what I had? Or was what I had not what I thought it was? Because that's the other thing. You get to a point, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then again, there's the emotional letdown. And they're like, well, maybe I didn't want those things. Maybe I didn't want it bad enough. Maybe I didn't try hard enough. So you have to push those doubts aside. And it's really hard when you're in the middle of it. And like you said, when you're trying to get to a goal, especially, so like for me again, like I, I'm all over the place, right? Like I'll get to where I'm getting when I get there. But if you have like a very focused track, it makes you feel even worse. And I don't say that from personal experience because 
That's not how my brain works. But I'm surrounded by people that are like, if I do A and B, I'll get to C quickly. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you're going to do A and B, and then you got to skip to X and sometimes pick up a one or a two, and then you're going to get to C. And for me, like, I'm going to ride the crazy. All right, we're good. I'll get there. But it's, it's frustrating, and it does make you feel lost. It makes you feel overwhelmed. And my hardest part is I get to feeling numb about what I'm doing, right? Like, is this really what I want? Do I want to push through this? Well, yes, I do. And sometimes talking about it out loud makes it better. Yeah. Right? Well, for me, yes, it does. That's why I told, I'm like, Brandon, I don't cry. Like, I'm not going to say I don't because I have cried when I've come out of the arena, but I'm like, I don't cry over not winning in that, you know, in competitions. I don't cry about that. But this, I, I'm crying about this because it's important to me and it's a competition with myself, I guess. How far can I push myself? What good things can happen out of it? And I just, I get pissed someday and it's not at anybody else but me because I'm not reaching my timeline. And that's, that's the whole up and down of being successful. Right, and we're talking about a lot of the negative parts of success today. But it's true, right? Sometimes, and this is the other thing, is sometimes you think it's going to take you a long time to get somewhere and magically it all comes together. And you're like, that is awesome. That is so much fun. And it's super joyous. And like I said, for me, I take a lot of pride in my clients doing well. So for me, I that's a lot of, right? And so that that's so much more fun for me. Like my boys, um, my older boy doesn't usually want to ride. Decided to ride this weekend. And he won the sixth sorting class with his brother. That's a big win. It wasn't like they beat a lot of teams, but for them to get together and ride, it was awesome. And so that's a joy that I didn't think I was going to have at least this soon. And so I, I, I think the hard part about wanting success personally or professionally is you start overlooking, going back to our original conversation this morning, you start overlooking all those small successes. And if you yeah. take a minute and look, take a breath and look at all the things that you did right to get you to a point, you stop feeling so lost, or at least it gives you hope and it strengthens your idea about what you want to do. But you just look at that end goal and man, it's a lot to do. And then like the flip side for me is like, I talk about failing big, right? Again, because I don't have a bunch of self doubt. Like I, so I say this, like, if you're going to fail, fail gloriously, like fail epically, don't fail because it didn't go your way one time. Like if you really want something, commit. Now I'm telling you to break it down in steps. So I know these are kind of sound contradictory, but they're not. If you're going to fail, fail gloriously, go down in flames. Flames. I would just if, go down in flames with it. Yeah. Because if you don't commit, right, then the failure is your fault because you didn't really commit. You had doubts and you didn't stick with it. No, like if you're gonna mess up, mess up big, like fail gloriously. Like it's awesome. It's awesome to really fail too because you really do figure out what you're made of, right? Well, that really didn't work out. Now I can move forward, but I committed. I don't have to look back with doubt that if I would have done something else, well, yeah, sure, it still might've worked out a different way. But if I gave everything I had and it didn't work out, well, I did my best. I did my job. And sometimes stuff just doesn't come together. Yeah. And uh, you can look at what Remy just said on many different levels. I mean, um, well, uh, 
take my top hand cowgirl challenge, for example. I mean, I get a lot of people who've never done anything like that in their lives. And the biggest hurdle that I know that women have in doing that event is I'm not ready for it. Honey, you'll never be ready for anything. And you don't even know what to prepare for. So you just got to jump and do it. And then, and then you can, and that's like half the battle because people are scared to fail. They, you know, they don't want to go out there and like screw up or do something that would look bad to others. I think that's the fear. Do something that would look bad to others. We, we get it all the time, especially, so we give weekly lessons, right? For cow work, for horsemanship, for team pending and ranch sorting. And people are like, I want to practice at home before I come to you. Why? My job is to help you. You don't have to impress yeah. me in a lesson. Again, I tell people this. I'm like, if you're going to mess up, this is the pen to mess up in. Not for money. You're paying me my money right now. And you're going to pay me for my opinion. Awesome. But this is where you mess up. But you have so many people, they want to look right. They want to look the part, right? They, they want everything to be perfect before they come. Why? Then why are you even coming for a yeah. lesson, right? And you see it. I see it, especially in younger people in relationships, and where they're not sure of their partner, fair enough. And so they don't commit all the way either. And look, live your best life, do whatever you want to do. But if you're looking for a partner, have you, have, you have to make that commitment also, right? You have to try personally in friendship. You have to leave it out there or don't, but don't be upset if you lived this half life of being halfway committed to relationships and then you don't find them fulfilling. Well, if you were only halfway committed, why would anyone else be fully committed to you? And for me, that matters in friendship. It matters in relationships. Um, it's not just, it's not just in a romantic relationship. Remy, uh, I wanted to talk to you about, um, no, I don't know if winning the truck, because Remy won a truck. I don't know if that was ever on your radar um, to do. To, well, I know that you need, you said you needed the truck, but we needed the truck. Know, though. <laughs> I don't know if it was, so it must've been a goal, but, uh, like, cause that's a pretty big thing to win. How was, how did, how did you feel in that moment? What changed for you after winning that? So the joke was we had traded in two trucks in a suburban for one truck in the suburban, um, which we, we're strapped for cash at the moment because we had a lot of cows, like could have sold cows, but then we wouldn't have an investment. So the joke was going to Vegas that I needed to win the truck. I didn't really need to, but it would be really nice to win the truck. But I went to Vegas and again, I was riding with clients. And so we rode with clients. My first go went super well. My second go, I started doing something what's called ranch hand where I sent my clients to get the cows and I stopped everything. And to be honest, I thought I was second for the truck. So I tied for the, the story is I tied for the truck and we had a runoff and uh, I'd already congratulated the other guy. I, it was uh, Steve Fry. I, I thought he beat me for the truck and I thought I won a saddle. And then I could hear the announcer talking to the producers and he goes, are you sure? Before I announce this, are you sure? I go, yeah, yeah, we're sure. We triple checked everything. So they announced that we have a tie. And it was not a doubt in my mind. I was like, I'm playing with house money. We are riding for the truck. And uh, so they ask, you know, they ask us, and what do you want to do? You can split the money. Um, 
or one of you can buy the other one out of the truck. And I was like, no, dude, we're running for it. We're going to run it off. And they go, okay, you have to choose one of your partners, but it has to still add up to the number of the class that it was. And I knew in my mind who I was going to choose. And trust me, I went through like the whole list of my partners from that class. And I chose Jenny Christian because I knew she'd be calm, cool, and collected. Um, someone's like, oh, would you have chosen James? Probably not. Now, James is like one of the top riders in the country. I still probably wouldn't have chosen him because it's a different level of stress riding with him. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I needed to just I do my deal. Right. And so then I go in and like the joke is Jenny and I never looked back at the crowd. Like once we got our draws, we walked in there and never looked back because it was singular in what we had to do. And all I did was sort very slowly, made sure I didn't DQ. And technically he still could have beat me to the last go round. But what was crazy about winning the truck is, first of all, is awesome because it was with all my clients that got me there. So that was like probably more rewarding, honestly. I know I won a very nice truck, but that was way more rewarding to do it by winning with my clients than coming in there again as a mercenary to have what could theoretically have been stronger teams. But no, I built my guys, right? I built my team behind me and we won. And then we had another client win the 20,000 last year, which proves that our, you know, our method works, but it was, it was crazy. And then it was crazy to see, and this is what happens with success too. It was crazy to see all the people that wanted to talk to me after I won. They didn't really want to talk to me before. And that makes you start to evaluate your friendship and who those people are. Now for me being successful, I didn't really have to look at it, but I did take note of who now wanted to claim their friendship or their you know, they're riding kinship with me when they haven't for years, but now they're going to claim part of it. Yeah. And the flip side's true too. You know, then I had some of my best friends posting the video of when I won and it was genuine coming from them, but there was a lot of people that were trying to trade on my name a little bit that hadn't been there for it. I, uh, I understand. Yeah, I, I totally see because it doesn't matter. You, if you listen to a lot of really good motivational people, they talk a lot about not everybody's going to cheer for you. And um, they talk about sometimes the, the loudest people who cheer for you aren't necessarily the most um, genuine. Yeah, you, it's the same. We talked about it with, and we'll talk about it more with friendship at another point too, but it comes back to that circle, right? There was people when I was at my lowest that I didn't think were there for me because they were never loud about being there for me. But when I needed them and they, I didn't even know I needed them, they were there. But some of those people that were in all the pictures and they wanted to be your friend when times got tough, they just weren't there anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, um, I, there was a lady that was on, I don't know, Facebook or TikTok that was talking about when she went through a divorce, <laughs> when she went through a divorce, she, uh, all of her friends like, Hey, if you need anything, I'm here. She's like, Hey, where are you? You say you were here and I ask you for some help and you're not here. It's better to not say that you're there or that you're there. And then you can't offer help no matter what it is than to say that you're there because it's just lip service to what you're doing. And I, I figured that out in that deal, right? And I know that sounds horrible. Again, that was in my the middle of my winning season where I, I, I couldn't lose for a while. Keep losing now. But I couldn't lose for a while. 
and it makes you appreciate the people that, you know, you have a bad run and they come talk to you. Well, you know, this happened or it just sucks today, which has kind of been my thing lately. I just haven't done well, not because of anyone, not even because of myself, like just hasn't been my, hasn't been my time. That wheel of fortune turned and now I'm on the bottom of it. Um, and it will be again because it's just, yeah. yeah, it's a roller coaster. And yeah, I don't, I feel like um, I've always been such an independent person. And I don't know, I'm okay with like, if I do a good job or, um, it's nice to get that pat on the back or, you know, the reward or whatever, but yes, it definitely means more coming from some people than others. And I think it's like you said, there's going to be some people that when you're successful are going to act like they cheered you on the whole time. Like they were always in your corner and you're like, when it was dark, when it was dirty, when it wasn't fun, you weren't there. And not only were you not there, you couldn't be bothered to be there. And there's other, it's like, I got, um, when it was happening, I got a bunch of text messages from some very good friends. Like, oh, we're watching it live. Like you got this, no problem. You know what you're going to do. And you can take those. And then you get a lot of other people that it's just, again, like they shared the video on Facebook and I was like, you didn't want me to win. Like you didn't want me to win. And you're telling people I shouldn't have won in private. So why are you trying to, you can't be both ways, right? You can't pretend that I should have won it. And then tell other people why I shouldn't have won it or I shouldn't have been eligible to win it. And again, you start stacking those people in tears of friendship, but it's hard. It, it's, I'm independent too. I just like to know who my people are. And I and think after struggling, like, you, know, you know, I think after struggling with everything that I struggled with, I've just learned to not be as independent as I used to be. Not that I'm codependent. I just, I welcome people back into my life that yeah. I, you know, well, but it's like, you know, um, your mother-in-law sent me a message about your, about your 2000 win and, uh, or your two, your 2000 horse win. And, uh, it's, it's crazy though, because it's the same thing. It's not like you had a big circle going with you, but you had someone that believed in you, believed in you a lot yes. and was helpful in your success. And I think that's the other hard part that people see is they see like a self-made man. Well, no one's a self-made man. No. They either built their business on the back of somebody or there was people there backing them. Now I've been lucky to have some very good backers that gave us some very good advice about how to be successful. And I will always give them credit, but don't look at a guy and think he's an Island. Like he's not, no man is an Island. There's a lot of people that help get him there or her, whatever. Um, it, this was a couple months ago. Somebody said to me, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I, I might've been talking about doing, trying something new or something like that. And they're like, well, you'll be wildly successful. You're wildly successful in everything else you do. <clears throat> and I just, I can take it with a grain of salt. Um, because I just don't look at things like that. Uh, what, and I, I, I think that I don't look at things like that because, um, I like the journey of something new. I, 
I mean, I just go back to like the horse sale. People told us that we were successful. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. It was for, for us though. It wasn't that we were successful. That was Brandon's goal. That is what he wanted to do. He wanted to have his own horse sale. We did. And we tried hard and we did all the things and we put it together. Um, that was a success for me. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, I talk about this, we talk about it with events because we produce a lot of shows and it's like, so you put your first one on and it's always great. It's almost always great. Right. And you could do everything. You could make it perfect. And then people want more the next year. Right. And that becomes wearing and draining because you're like, I was already perfect. How much more perfect do you want me to be? And then if, and then like, you know, you'll, it happens a lot with shows, right? And then someone will put on a backyard show and they're like, oh, it's awesome. They're all, and this happened to us a couple, probably 15 years ago now, right? It's like, oh, we got to support that guy because he's a mom and pop operation. Those were the words that they used. And I was like, am I corporate? Because I'm efficient. Am I corporate? Because I'm not corporate. Because at that point it was James, myself, and my mom. We're not corporate. How much more mom and pop you want to be because we're efficient. You now want to penalize us for being good. And um, then you start to learn to not pay attention to some of that too and not be bitter because it will make you bitter. And uh, and again, you start to recognize what is success, right? Because if success is just money, then you're never going to have enough. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough horses. Your house is never going to be big enough. It's never going to be fancy enough. You're never going to have the shoes that you want, right? If it's always about certain markers of success and so for us it comes back to again season of my life are my kids good to be around yes am i happy yes is my family healthy yes are we having a good time and we're still working yes all those things are now true but when i was younger it was definitely how much money can you make how fast can you make how good can you be be the best be the best at everything and then you're like i don't have to be the best like i can be the top five percent and still do really well and have time for me as a person, not just as a machine. And, you know, you, it happens. I, so as we wrap up here, Remy, uh, we're at 55 minutes. Um, I think one piece of advice or something I would say around our whole conversation with success is doesn't matter what kind of success you're looking for in your life. If it's to get better at riding your horse at a local show. If it's taking that first step at owning your own business or doing your own thing. Um, if it's getting in shape, yeah. whatever it is, you cannot have success without taking a little risk or jumping. Um, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. And if we didn't put ourselves out there for the benefit of somebody else, well, it probably, it wouldn't touch as many people as it does. It wouldn't inspire or motivate as many people as it does. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, and especially for our younger viewers, don't be afraid to look stupid. 
you will anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are, right? But you're you only going to look stupid to yourself. Realize that. Yeah, and that's the other thing. People care. really don't care. They don't care. I know people think they do. They don't. Don't be afraid to look stupid and don't be afraid to be different because when you embrace what makes you you, you do find success personally and professionally because it's not a curated image because that that's really hard to keep up. So don't be afraid to be yourself. And again, find those small successes. Look back on all your small successes. Like we talk about it. I'm trying to lose weight because I need to. And uh, like I talked, I was, I have another friend that's doing a weight loss deal with me and she has a big goal in mind. I do too, but I break it down. And now I've gotten older, right? I break it down into smaller steps. This is my first goal. This is my second goal. This is my third goal. This is my ideal goal, but I won't beat myself up if I don't get there, but it's easier for me to look back at each small success than to just be swamped with chunks, big, big chunks. And I say that, and again, I tell you to fail gloriously, but break down your break down what you're looking for into smaller bites, short term versus long term goals, and that's a big thing for me. And it it's professional and personal, short term goals, long term goals. Because if you write them down and do write them down, I know people aren't super big on writing stuff down. Write it down because you'll look at something that you wrote three months ago and you're like, that doesn't even matter to me anymore. But it got you going somewhere, and and sometimes you're like, oh, I forgot I wanted to do that. So write it down, short-term goals, long-term goals, and be realistic, right? Don't say I want to lose 100 pounds. You can say I want to lose 100 pounds, but first I want to lose 10, and then I want to lose 20. Or, you know, I I want to, we talk about it in competing. Drink more water. Right? Yeah, drink water, people. Stay hydrated. But um, the, like we talk about it competing, right? And it's great when you have new clients, like new competitors. First, you just, because... For those of you that don't know what we do, there's usually a three go round average. So you get paid on the last thing. So for my first client, for my clients, when they first go, your goal is just to get out of the first go, right? Make teams back to the go back and then to make the top 10. The problem is once you make the top 10, now you want to win. And once you win, it's really hard to not want to continue winning, but you have to look back at it. And that's what I, we talk about a lot. I was like, yeah, it's great when you win, but remember when your goal was just to make it out of the second go. Right. So you know, be happy you made the top 10, be happy in those things. And then the wins aren't as important. You're not going to cry leaving the arena when you don't win, right? I wanted to get here. I got here. And a lot of stuff comes down to luck. I mean, talent is a lot of it, but a lot of it is luck. And I, I think I realized that too, about being successful, right? We've had, going back to cowherds, we've had a lot of cowherds. I can't make it rain. I cannot. I've tried really hard to make it rain. I can't make it rain. So then it ends up, you feel like a failure because you got cows that are out on droughted at land, but it wasn't a failure. Had everything gone right, you would have been, again, wildly successful. You'd be sitting on a stack of money. Didn't work the way you wanted it to. But before it would have been devastating, I'm like, okay, deep breath, take a rest, rebuild, and we'll go from there. Because you've been through that season. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier for you because you know you're going to survive. You know that everything's going to be okay. And I think that's, what's important for our audience to realize success is not as fulfilling as you think it's going to be. No, It's not an easy path to get there. And again, like we talked about it last week, we talked about the struggle making you, it makes you, but when you're in the middle of it, it is the fucking worst. 
because it, you know, it's the worst because it allows all those doubts that other people had or that sat in the back of your mind. It lets them come to the front and you do have to be very strong or surround yourself with very strong people that tell you that you're on the right path, that what you're doing is right. If you can just hang it a little longer. And success isn't, I mean, not really even sure how to word this, but because I think that so many people devalue the size of their success. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? No, success is a moving goalpost, right? Because again, like if you got everything you wanted, would you be happy? Some people are, right? I want the house. I want the kids and that's enough. Cool. Cool for you. But then you have other people that are always chasing success. And I've tried to find that balance between being stagnant and always chasing success. Now I chase it. I just don't run at a full sprint behind it anymore. But again, that comes with age. And that's what we're trying to give our audiences the benefit of our experiences. And that's why I say make it smaller chunks, right? Celebrate small successes and be proud of them. That's the other thing is you get people that devalue themselves, devalue their success, and then they're afraid to be proud of what they had because they might be judged for it. Be proud of what you've done. If you really like it, be proud of what you've done. You don't have to be ignorant. You don't have to be arrogant, but be self-assured in your success and how and what it means to you, because what it means to you doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter to other people. Because if they don't want you to be successful, they're still going to judge you for no matter what you do, right? Because if you climb the mountain, well, why didn't you climb it fast enough? Versus the people that have your back, they're like, awesome, you climbed the mountain. Great, right? There's not a qualification after that. I just not sure how tall the damn mountain actually is because I feel like I've been climbing. (laughs) And, And that's the, that is, again, that's that emotional letdown, right? I got what I wanted. Now what? Oh man, it's, it's taller. Okay, I'm going to keep going. But I I think you have to find that work-life balance. You have to find what makes you happy. And if you start celebrating those small successes, you can keep climbing without being burnt out and being tired and falling prey to what happens about with all of us about um, trying to keep up with everyone and see everything. Follow your own path, man. Even if you work for somebody, follow your own path. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. And the money really will follow. It really will. You'll be able to survive. You might not make a billion dollars, but you'll be able to survive and you will be happier for it because money at the end of the day, isn't everything. It really isn't. It makes life a lot easier, but it isn't everything. Money does not make you happier. (laughs) Um, well, I think that, uh, that was good Remy and I hope you all enjoyed it out there. Uh, any last words? No, just make sure you guys like and subscribe and yes. leave a review and, and do all the things so that we can be successful like a definitive marker Please. of success. <laughs> and uh, again, send us messages. I know we get a lot yeah. of really, um, and send us messages about what we want to talk about. I know we touch on some of the stuff. We will try and be better. Oh, I will try and be better about being more linear in my thoughts to answer your questions, but um, like, subscribe, follow, you know, all the, all the things that the influencers tell you to do on the, on the gram and Facebook. I need you to do those things. (laughs) Thank you guys.
for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed uh, part two of uh, part number two about success. Um, tune in next Wednesday or catch us on all of the podcast channels, YouTube and the website. Um, we'll see you next week, Remy. All right. Bye. Bye.